after all that drama, this is the movie we're talking about? Today I'm talking about Don't Worry Darling. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i'm talking about don't worry darling which was uh, all the rave and movie twitter for a while thanks to all the discussion of on scene on set drama and in particular between florence Pugh and the director olivia wilde and then of course there's harry styles in the middle and uh, who knows maybe this is what broke olivia wilde and harry styles up uh not the kind of stuff i necessarily care about but uh whatever uh, whatever gets butts in the seats for a movie, uh, especially a bigger budget movie uh, for a psychological thriller of this sort. But yeah, and so finally got to see it, finally going to talk about it, so away we go. In a year where superhero movies and horror flicks ru- ruled the box office, the biggest social media sensation in the movie world was a psychological thriller de- directed by Olivia Wilde? Okay, so how does that happen? In either a great bit of marketing or convenient timing, Don't Worry Darling became a giant point of discussion on social media thanks to the perfect storm of allegedly too hot to handle on-screen sex, tales of animosity between the film's main star Florence Pugh and director and star Olivia Wilde, and a clip of Wilde's at-the-time beau Harry Styles supposedly spitting on Chris Pine at a premiere in a video clip that was analyzed as much as the Zabruder film. This combination of old-school Hollywood tabloid drama and the mercurial nature of the movie led to a pretty solid turnout at the box office despite middling reviews. So is this movie worth the hype? Well, no. But not for the reasons you might expect. Florence Pugh stars as Alice Chambers, a happily married young woman living in an idyllic, isolated community in a desert called Victory with her husband, Jack. Despite a cushy day-to-day existence, Alice is plagued by frightening nightmares and strange occurrences that everyone around her either ignores or pretends didn't happen, all of which will lead to startling revelations about the nature of victory. So, Don't Worry Darling is a letdown, not just because of all the social media hype, but also because it's one of those wait-till-you-see-what's-going-on thrillers whose payoff doesn't hit as hard as it wants to. As such, it's a very hard movie to review without spoiling everything, which is why I'm going to spoil everything in a bit. It's not to say the movie doesn't have redeeming qualities. The cinematography and imagery in this movie is spectacular, and the film embraces a cinematic style that a lot of modern thrillers forego in favor of handheld camera work or a grainy color gradient. Likewise, much of the cast give very good performances, namely Florence Pugh as our woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown, and Chris Pine as the charismatic and frightening leader of the community. But it is also not as sexy, insightful, or well-structured enough to make its two-hour-plus runtime worth it. And that's about as far as I can go without spoiling stuff, so let's dig in. Spoilers ahead. So, as you might imagine, Florence Pugh's Alice spends most of the movie believing something is very wrong with Victory. There's too many unanswered questions, especially about the quote-unquote work the husbands do, and there are plenty of reality-warping moments that occur. Finally, after directly directly confronting Victory's leader, played by Chris Pine, and begging her husband to believe her and help her leave, he instead turns her over to the community's psych ward staff, where she's given electroshock therapy, and we see the reality. That 
Alice and Jack are married in real life, and that their marriage was incredibly rocky thanks to Jack being jobless, Alice working overtime to cover shifts, and Jack's sense of entitlement in regards to physical affection and support from Alice. His solution was to put them both in a simulation where they could live in a perfect world where everything was taken care of them. That's run by Chris Pine in the real world. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. First and foremost, I tend to dislike the this whole thing is a simulation twist, not only because it's been done to death better by a number of better films that get to the point a lot faster, but also because the political messaging here is shaky. The film is clearly trying to evoke movies like Get Out or The Stepford Wives, where hijacking someone's brain or programming subservience are seen as for everyone's good, when it's really for the people in power. They are movies about agency and individuality, where the true horror is having said agency and individuality stripped away from from people, stripped away by people in power who can do so confidently because of the people affected. For instance, the villains in Get Out are counting on police in action when a black man goes missing. I get what the movie is going for. Victory is supposed to be an idyllic world of Jack's making where he gets to provide and provide and satisfy all of his wife's needs. But of course, he doesn't know everything that she needs. He thinks she wants stability when all she really wants is support and understanding. And you can tell that Chris Pine is meant to be a stand-in for all of those social media figures who appeal to men, a la Jordan Peterson, by emphasizing traditional values and gender roles. Victory is a man's version of an ideal life. So throwing aside all of the problems with a random OR nurse going missing without a trace and no one noticing, how does Victory relate to Alice and what she would want versus what she had with Jack in the real world? Good question, because the movie doesn't answer that. I think a better version of this movie would demonstrate that Alice wants something akin to balance, that being a homemaker who's cared for is nice, but not what she wants out of life. Instead, her awakening is triggered by glimpses of trouble in paradise, like a plane crashing or a fellow wife who has a very public mental breakdown. Instead, the movie feels like it has a bunch of moments where it's trying to say something or call something out versus an entire movie with a strong point to make. Oddly enough, the movie's strongest moments are when it goes visually abstract and starts representing how Alice feels visually, aka feeling stifled and suffocated despite being alone in her home. There's the thread of some great things to say here about what men believe women want, what women actually want, and the forces that push men into forcing traditional roles on women who don't want them. But Don't Worry Darling doesn't have the script to back it up. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.